Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy bonus soccer podcast day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Little uh under the weather today, but that's alright. Still gonna follow through, get the uh Get the extra podcast in. Beamer, how you doing, buddy? You have a good weekend? Yeah, good, man. I'm good. Uh, the boys took the Death Star on Thursday evening, which was fun. Got to see the U.S. men's national team claim three points against El Salvador. Uh, was very drunk. Was yeah. very hungover on Friday and decided it would be a good idea to go curling on Friday afternoon. I uh, saw that into video. Friday morning. Yeah, thank you uh, for that very much. Uh, but no, man, I'm I'm good. We're recovered from the weekend, kind of, and uh, everything's good over here. You sound uh, you sound like you're uh, you got something going on over there. Well, yeah, we had uh, a few people at the station on Friday who are like, I've got a cold. Mm. I've tested not. I've tested negative for COVID, so it's just a cold or something, and. I just I thought like maybe we should just adopt the COVID stuff for anything, you like know, if like you're if, ill. Yeah. If you're feeling sick, like especially now, because we all have like the equipment, we could just be at home. But anyway, so I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I think I got something there or it could have been for my, you know, germ infested children who go mm. to schools every day. And yep. there's all kinds of crap flying around there. But so far, knock on wood, I've shoved things up my nose all weekend. Nothing coming back positive. So. I don't feel too bad, but my my voice sounds bad. So I'm sorry if that's a distraction, but we're gonna keep on with it. Oh, because the content will be even better. Don't you? Yeah, worry that's about it. that's sure. That's right. I am not gonna try to go curling though. I think I a man has to know his limitations, and hey, I think man. that that was uh that was good on you to go when anytime you get to meet a gold medalist and put a beer on a gold medal, you got to do it. It was pretty amazing too because uh, I knew that Tyler George was going to be there, so he was a uh, 2018 gold medalist in Pyeongchang. Uh, it was really neat. You know, I've never never experienced curling before in my life, and the first thought is when we got to Columbus Curling Club, which, by the way are the nicest people in the entire world for not making fun of me like every single second that I was in there. Um, and so I think Meredith and I are actually going to do some curling clinics because I think she's she would very much enjoy that and I would like to get better uh, at said thing. So you can go visit them and their website and I'd highly recommend it because they're awesome over there. But um, So we're getting ready to throw our stones for the first time and this guy is talking to me. He's like, hey, you really want your weight on your left side because you'll forget that you, you know, if you lean on the rock, like you have to throw the rock at some point uh, and that weight is going to disappear. And I'm like, OK, yeah, sure. That's great. Uh, and then the guy from Columbus Curling came up. He's like, do you know who that is giving you advice? And I'm like. Uh, no. And he goes, that's a 2018 gold medalist, Tyler, uh, Tyler. So you're going to really want to uh, lead his advice on this. And so, yeah, there is a, like you said, there's a great video that Tim took of me just eating shit, you know, on the ice, uh, and he's giving commentary at it, but you know what? We got up, we probably fell about five times and we're okay. We're alive, still a little sore. The amount of core strength that it takes to go curling is pretty remarkable. But I will say this, I'm going to chalk it up to being hungover from the U.S. men's national team game. So, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I woke up, 
I, I didn't turn my alarm off for Friday morning, so my alarm went off at like 4.15 a.m., and I'm oh. like, this isn't right. I'm like, I have today off, and so then I was up, and I was already not feeling great about it. Uh, um, but, hey, I'm going to give it another shot, Bone, but we had a great time, neighbor Eric and I over there at the Death Star watching the boys get three points. Well, as long as you're going to give it another shot, that's the main thing you should Definitely try to do that because I know that I admire you for going because I definitely wouldn't I wouldn't even have tried. I just said that's that's not my deal. Well, it was but. funny too because at the end of the, at the end, so there was a bunch of like you know other people there uh, who were doing it, and at the end I saw they had some device where you literally just hook the stone up to like a pole. And you can just release it by doing that. So basically just like an advanced version of shuffleboard where you don't have to get down in this ice lunge and slide 20 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw they had that. I'm like, boy, that would have been great to know. If we could (laughs) could have got that device, I would have been much, much happier. Right. That's that's where they need to start you out is with training wheels. They don't put you in the Tour de France the first time you try to ride a bike. (laughs) You know, they should give you the training wheels first and then get you over there. All right. Well, let's talk about something that uh, the U.S. and Canada both participated in, like curling. Uh, a soccer game that happened this past Sunday, um, two nothing to Canada. Mm-hmm. Now we can go back and go through the El Salvador game too, but um, one thing that I think kind of went through both of these was the U.S. just looked to me they looked very slow. They did not look like they were processing quickly. There wasn't a lot of urgency. It didn't feel like from a lot of what the U.S. was doing. The only goal they've scored in these two games was from kind of like a helter-skelter ball bouncing around yeah. the 18, and it just fell to Jedi Robinson slash <laughs> Anthony Robinson. I don't know, Beamer. I mean, what did you see out of these two games? Like, I, I don't feel like I got a good sense of who the U.S. is trying to be right now. I think, at least going back to last week's game here in Columbus, uh, by the way, weather was not an issue. Like, it was fine. Um, you know, I brought snow pants and everything and just didn't need them. I did have a nice beer layer on, so that kept me warm for the most of the night. Um, you know, in the first half, going back to the El Salvador game, I thought there were some really good opportunities. I thought there were a couple right in front of net, um, you know, that we obviously didn't take advantage of. And then really after the first 45 minutes, Bone, it it just kind of was seeming like it was working its way to a stalemate. And then, like you mentioned, Anthony Robinson, he scores and the rest is there and you get three points out of the thing. Um, you know, last week we were chatting about this is the first time that these four players are going to start together. You mentioned it, Adams and McKinney and um, why am I blanket Pulisic and uh, whoever uh, Musa oh, and, and Eunice Musa. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I almost wonder, like, we know what these guys are for their club level. We know what they are from, you know, America in, in their own individual, you know, individual play and their styles. But the only problem to me is that like, all right, well, you know, we're celebrating this the first time we're going to see him. And I hope to God we get to see him more uh, in action, actually playing together. But we, I, I don't know, maybe we have to temper expectations. What sucks to say that these guys haven't played together and they need to work out work on their chemistry. Like you're going to get that in training and over the sessions and the camps that they do and through the rest of this qualifying cycle and coming up here later this week in Minneapolis. Um, but I think it looks like te- a team that hasn't played together. They did not look like a cohesive unit at all. No, they they really don't. And this is the thing that has worried me about Greg Berhalter's system, and it worries me still. And we are in, you know, the calendar year of when the World Cup is going to be played, mm-hmm. and we still haven't figured this out. And that is you need to drill Greg Berhalter's system religiously. Yeah. Like, it's got to be in your head. It's, it's not an be easy system. It's not a free-form system. No, it's it's definitely set up for a lot of reps and a lot of 
players being so familiar with it, they can do it in their sleep. And when you're bringing in that to a national team situation, I mean, I think that's partially why he puts in guys like Jossie Zardes over Ricardo Pepe. And I love Jossie Zardes. He's my guy. Love what he's done for the crew. We can, you know, talk about how good he's been over the years. But one of those two guys I just mentioned got a $20 million transfer out of the U.S. to go play elsewhere. And he's not even 20 years old. Right. I mean, that's that seems to be the guy who might be. And he's in season right now. Like he's actually playing or is about to be playing as opposed to Jossie who's in the middle of his offseason. Mm-hmm. I find that very odd that Burhalter makes that decision. But then again, you figure, well, the system, you know, if, if Jossie knows that system better than most because he's played in it. Yeah, and he does. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason you go there, which then leads to the next problem, which is you have situations where this team does not look like they know what they're doing in the final third. And so I'm not putting that all on Jossie at all. I'm saying they just they they don't look like they understand what the roles are. They don't look like they understand how to move quickly. They look like they're overthinking everything and that causes them to play slow. And then you see a lackluster effort against El Salvador. Then you see what you saw yesterday or Sunday against Canada, where this team, sure, they had the ball most of the time, but they were not in truly really didn't feel like they were a threat other than maybe the Weston McKinney header yeah. right at the end of the half. That was about it. Um, Ariola had the uh, bicycle attempt that was nice, but didn't go any, it didn't go in, but those are, yeah, I mean, so a, one of your best players rising up on a header and a guy trying to make a circus shot. Those are about the only two real chances you generated all game long. That's not good. I think you, when you control the ball, it doesn't necessarily show the narrative of the game, right? Uh, and so you can control the ball as much as you want, but if it, they're not in dangerous positions and you're not getting the ball into dangerous positions, uh, then I think there's something to be said about it. I mean, so we were when we were watching the game against El Salvador, we were in the south stands and we were about eight rows up from the goal. Uh, so we got a really good feel, at least for a half of the game, how these balls were coming in and what kind of dangerous balls that they were playing. And there were so many times where a player would have the ball in the wing and there would be two or three runners in the box, you know, one at far post, one at near post, one kind of uh, in the middle of the box. And it seemed like the majority of the time, either A, the ball would be taken off the foot of the player on the wing uh, and the ball wouldn't even even get into the area or or B, that the situation that I was describing, there would be two players in the far post, nobody at the near post, nobody in the center. Like it was just, I don't know, man, they kind of, they just looked a little off. I'm not going to say malaise. Cause I think obviously, you know, you won that game and you're feeling okay. Um, but there looked like there were some situations where guys were in space where your instinct should take over. And maybe the thought in their back of their mind was like, do I, am I supposed to be here? Am I, where am I supposed to be at on the field? Like what's kind of happening. And I think that, I think that sh- has shown through these last couple of games at least. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, and, and further on that, it, it feels like what happened in that game from a strategy standpoint was the U S had done to them what they usually do to teams like Mexico yeah. or to teams that they face in the world cup, which is they absorb the pressure. They rely on their goalkeeper to make saves. Although wasn't like they were really, you know, peppering their goalkeeper who I forget is Borhan, Borjan, whatever his name is. Sure. Mr. Sweatpants. Like also <laughs> lo- losing to a guy in sweatpants is never like that never feels good. But, but it was cold out. It was cold out. You're right. But that I didn't see all the Grant Wall articles written about that. But <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because that was like the southernmost point of Canada and that's the best they could do. I don't know. Anyway, but 
they 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 were allowed to dominate the game yeah. from a possession standpoint. Yeah, because they didn't that was care. Canada's, and they, and that was Canada's knew, game plan. Yeah, and they knew as soon as they got that first goal, like, boy, this is great. You know, we yes. expected pressure from the U.S. Like, they can control the ball. But again, they weren't getting them into those danger areas at all. They just weren't doing it. Well, and again, I don't mean to rip this guy because I have a lot of fondness for him. But, you know, Matt Turner kicks on that goal the first goal yeah right he kicks yep. the ball a mile in the air doesn't get does, to doesn't get to the halfway line yeah it gets hung up in the air and it's short that is a ball that Jossie Zardes has to go and try to at least compete to win and he wasn't even in the picture like now maybe that's because it went shorter than he expected but their player was able to grab it basically no one around him and then, and then settle it immediately play it forward yeah right and and it it I'm not saying that's all on Jossie but it's just one of those things that it was a poor kick by the goaltender or the goalkeeper, and then your forward doesn't do his job to win the ball or at least make it ugly, make it physical, foul him something. And so then you're left with a uh, odd man coming at you, and suddenly it's in the back of the net. And that's so that's a problem, right? That starts the game off bad. But maybe you think, all right, the U.S. got more skill. They've built, they'll be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're right. Canada just settled in and said, cool, let them dribble around and possess the ball they want to. Empty bucket like. Yeah, we're going to keep everything in front of us. Yeah, we'll make sure that nothing gets too dangerous and we'll counter them like crazy. And it, it that's what the U.S. has done to good teams for years. And it really sucked. And then it sucked even more that after the game, Greg Berhalter goes on to do the things that I've seen coaches from Mexico do when they play the U.S. and they lose. Or, or it's, you know, uh, you know, on the road, especially where they say we dominated the game. We had more of the game. That was BS. They didn't play soccer. They didn't want to play soccer. Here's what Greg Berhalter had to say. It was an entire team effort that was astounding. It is hard for me to remember a performance away from home this dominant mm. where we didn't get a result. Disappointed with the result, not the performance. He then said about Canada being physical, quote, they couldn't handle our physicality. What? We, <laughs> okay. We were running them all over the pitch. They had a very hard time dealing with what we gave them. I think we dealt with it well. I think they dealt with it well. They, they dealt with it great. We did not deal with their physicality. They were fouling the crap out of the U.S. and getting away with it or or whatever you want to call it, right? They they were pushing it right to the edge. Yeah. And the U.S. was constantly looking for a call, like, looking hey man, for the foul. Haven't you figured out over the first 60 minutes of this game that this is not going to happen? Yeah. Like, you're not going to get this. They're not immediate. It's not like Big Ten basketball refs like, oh, we're going to play the first 45 or the first 30 minutes of the game one way, and then the rest of the other 10 minutes are going to be called totally different. Like, no, no. I thought the refs were – they weren't great. But again, yeah, but they were they were doing the same thing for the entirety of the game. For the level that CONCACAF has forced us to consider okay – that was an okay, it was okay. officiating. It was, okay. it was not. It it's was not what you awful. expect. It's what you yes. expect. Yeah. Um, he went on, Greg Berhalter. We were on it, dominating with a lot of physicality, a lot of speed in our play. Again, what speed? What physical? I missed this. What game was was he? Did he think that the Canadian team was his team? Because that's know. what I. They seem to play with pace. They seem to be very physical. The U.S. did not seem to be that way at all. Canada didn't have a lot of rhythm. Okay. Okay. Good thing they give out points for rhythm. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't they didn't think have we, a lot of rhythm because they went up 1-0 in the first 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, and they decided to play that game. And they were probably going to play that game anyway, but once they got the easy lead, then they said, well, now we're definitely doing it. He goes on, I don't think we create a lot of clear-cut chances. We should have finished. We should have. What? 
Okay. I don't think we create a lot of clear cut chances. We should have finished off. It was more a lack of chance created precision. Okay, that well, there, I agree with. There's your, there you that's go. your problem. That's, that's yes, that's, that's a the huge whole crux problem. Of the situation. Yeah, we were dominant. We were more physical, but we lacked in chance creation. In a <laughs> in yeah. a game where 84 minutes of the game was spent in a at least one nil deficit, you're right. the The job is to go and create chances. You can't be satisfied with like, hey, we had the ball a lot. Yeah, that Canada didn't care. Because they got a lead six minutes in and said, we're good with that. We'll, we'll win one nothing. We defy you to create a lot of clear-cut chances and finish them off. And the U.S. couldn't do it. So, yeah, in that one aspect, Greg, they did not succeed. That was the entire game. Um, and then he brought up the field. He said, don't take this as an excuse. We were playing on a very narrow field. It is like Yankee Stadium in a very tough field. This is not an excuse. Oh, okay. But you definitely brought it up. By the way, can Canada bring up that Alfonso Davies didn't play? Yeah, exactly. By the way, did you see? So he was live streaming this. Yeah. Him him watching the game. Did you see his reaction when they scored the second goal? No, I I didn't see it. Like, again, Alfonso Davies, my guy, big white caps fan over here. And I have an allegiance to Alfonso Davies, even though, you know, he is uh, he was playing for the opposition or not playing for the opposition yesterday. You understand what I'm saying? Anyways, he was live streaming this game, whether it was on Twitch or one of the other platforms. I have no idea. Uh, And he's sitting in the gamer chair and literally on the break. I mean, he he gets up bone and was as happy as a human being you'll ever see uh, when they go. Sure. to nothing it was it was tremendous content yeah i i just i i don't blame him at all and and i don't blame by the way i don't blame canada fans for look here's where you are you are sitting top of the group now against you just beat the u.s at home after they beat us here too right i'm not making yeah. that up yeah okay so you've swept the the arguably best team in Concacaf. you beat mexico at home I don't remember if they've played on. I don't think they've played Mexico yet, but I'm just saying like they're they're free and clear. They have not qualified for the World Cup since 1986. They tied Mexico in Mexico and beat okay. them in Canada. OK, so they've got three wins out of the four toughest games they're going to play. They drew here, by the way, Canada. Oh, OK, OK, lose. OK. That's right. That OK. Well, it felt like a loss. That's what it is. OK, so then they they won two and got the points on the road in the other two. That's that's what you have to do to qualify for the World Cup. Now, where where the U.S. stands as far as qualifying for the World Cup, <laughs> boy, it's boy howdy, it's dicey because <laughs> Panama did their job and they are up now to 17 points. Mexico's on 18 points, as is the U.S. That is those three teams. The last of those three is going to go to a playoff in Qatar in June to decide if they get to go even to the World Cup. You know your last four games, too, by the way? I'm sure people do. So we get Honduras, obviously, coming up later this week in St. Paul. Which is, I mean, there's no excuse not to win that game. You, I mean, it. they are the worst team in this thing, in this in this octagon, whatever Ocho, we're calling the Ocho. it. Yeah. And the U.S. desperately needs the three points. There's no excuse. You have to get all three. No questions asked. But, yes, go on. All right, so... Like I mentioned, you get Honduras later this week, mm-hmm. which we're not panicking about. You and I nope. both. Nope. Maybe nope. we should be, but we're not. Should should be all three there. Your last three qualifying matches come in March, and it is Mexico on the road. It is Panama at home, and then Costa Rica on the road at the end of March. Uh, so you get Team 3, Team 4, Team 5 as yeah. your last three matches here. Yeah. Yeah, and and don't sleep on Costa Rica. They're not out of this 
Yeah, of course they're not. Costa Rica is a dangerous team and they could easily find their way. They've got four games left too. Uh, All right. So let's just work out some, some quick math on that, right? Let's say the U S can take their two home games, which is not a given against Panama, but let's just, let's just say they get six points that puts them on 24. Yep. Okay. You are looking then that would take at least three out of Panama. Let's say they get three out of theirs, not out of, I'm sure they have two home games left as well. So that put them on 20. I mean, you're looking at essentially needing probably another win at either Mexico or Costa Rica to be 100% sure. (laughs) And you're not getting it in Mexico. I'll be shocked if you get it in Mexico. I'll be shocked. So then you're you're probably going to be left up to the final. Oh, God. God, this sucks. Like just getting a point even out of Canada would have been so much better because it keeps them down. It gets you closer. Sucks. It really sucks. And if you're wondering about Canada's the remaining matches that they have. They have El Salvador on the road coming up here this week on Wednesday, yeah. as are all the qualifiers. Need El Salvador. Do us a favor, please. Costa Rica on the road. Not an easy task to do. Yeah, that could. Yeah. And they get Jamaica at home and then Panama on the road. Yeah. Okay. So they've got. So Panama's got tough. quite a bit. To, yeah, that's yeah. tough for Canada, but it's also Panama. But they're also in the their, driver's seat, so they feel yeah, fine. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Mexico, for what it's worth, their final. They do play Panama this Wednesday. So that'll be. Yep. And that is at. In Mexico. So that'll be a pretty interesting one to figure out. If you're looking for Mexico to get any help or for us to get any help against Mexico, their final two games are Honduras and El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So that's six just points. Go ahead and pencil in six for them. And uh, if you don't tie them at home, that's nine. Yeah. And what did I say the standings are? We're tied, right? So that's 27 for them. If they get all nine out of those three games, that's assuming they lose to Panama, which is not. I mean, let's just say they get Panama and they tie the U.S. That's 10. That puts them on 28. <laughs> okay. And I, what did I say? The U.S. has got, you know, six to get to 24. <sighs> I, I mean, you, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this anymore. I, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, either. Like, I was feeling okay waking up this morning. I'm like, eh, it's not the worst thing in the world. You get a home game coming up here this week. But now that we've actually brain like brain worked this together and we're workshopping and playing the what if game, I'm ter- I'm I'm like scared here's, okay. shitless. Here's here's okay. I hate to. This is where we probably have to go. We have to, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. We have to root for Mexico to yeah. destroy Panama. Correct. Wednesday night. Yep. We have to hope Panama and Honduras tie. And then we have to hope the U.S. dominates Panama. And then hope Canada has a reason to dominate Panama, which they may not. (laughs) Right. I mean, that could be one of those situations where Canada just looks around and goes, do we want to let Panama in or do we want to let the U.S. in? Yeah, who would we least rather see? And that'll be on the road in Panama. So Canada may just decide, yeah, we're good. We're qualified. We don't need this game. We're not trying to get anybody hurt in this game. We're going to put out some of our younger players, build some depth, and Panama will probably be coming full guns a-blazing. So, like, at the very least, you're hoping Panama drops the two to Mexico and the U.S., and if they can, if they beat Panama and Honduras, that puts Panama, or what did I say? Honduras and Canada is what I meant to say. If Panama does that, then they are looking at six points. That puts them on 23, one behind the U.S., mm. If assuming the U.S. wins the two home games they've got left, right. which, of course, one of them is against Panama. 
God, this is nerve wracking. And then, like I said, Costa Rica is just hanging out. Now they've only we've only got four more left for Costa Rica, so their max points are twenty five, right? So if the I said the U.S. gets twenty four just with their two wins, so you've got to get that point. God, God. <laughs> oh God! I didn't it, think I was going to have an aneurysm doing this show, but I think I'm almost I'm there. So I'm so I'm so nervous. And I, here's the thing: I don't even feel good about. Oh well, at least they're not. They're in fourth. Yeah, then you got to go play no, New Zealand or somebody no, out in Qatar. No part of that. You want to be in the Canada, no. USA, Mexico thing. All right. So Panama right now, Panama and Costa Rica need to be they need to lose. They need to lose a ton because I have no faith in Mexico losing and I have no faith in Canada losing. And I have no faith, quite honestly, in this U.S. national team going to Mexico and getting anything. So U.S. has to win their th- three games that include the Costa Rica game. And then they've. Got to hope that something can happen in Mexico and get 10 points. That'll at least put them on 28 and yikes. All right. Uh, well, that was fun. Good times. We'll uh, we recap more of this on Thursday. Hopefully. Well, I was going to say, by the way, because we had a better voice. We had a huge that. day uh, or a really huge weekend in soccer. So like not our normal podcast. We'll get to all that no, coming up on no. Thursday. We'll recap the game coming up uh, again later this week. But like you had Kylian Mbappe, like he's going to Real Madrid. So yeah. that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Frank Lampard is the new manager of uh, Everton, which yeah. I did not see happening. Had a pretty bad thing to happen to Mason Greenwood. Well, a bad thing that Mason Greenwood did, uh, right. and yeah, yeah. he is currently in jail. So I mean, it was it was just cool wild weekend. this weekend. Yeah, a wild weekend. And on top of all that, we're recording on deadline day. So right. I mean, so <laughs> Thursday we will have the finality of all those moves as well. Uh, plus, yeah, we'll know what happened with that final round of CONCACAF or the, the final game of this round of CONCACAF qualifying. Still got three more after this, but uh, yeah, hopefully we have better math for you next time. Let's let's just hey man, nine thirty on a Monday morning. I'm not I'm not doing math. No, I know, but I just the math right now is looking bleak. Yeah, so we need need some help. That's what I'm saying. All right. That's it for us. We'll talk again in a few days. Till then, enjoy the rest of your soccer week, and we'll see you on Thursday.